and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me, Gail, and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018, and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy and light so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of Sober Bliss Meets. Today I'm really honoured and delighted because I have the wonderful Maya with me from the Sober Glow. Hi Maya, how are you? I'm good. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. So Maya, you are also known as the Sober Glow and you have a website and you're really big on Instagram. So do you want to tell people who might not have seen you already a little bit about you and your lovely Instagram account? Um, sure. Yeah. So the Instagram I started um, about a year after I decided to quit drinking. Um, and it was just an outlet for me to reach out to other women in the community, ideally, um, to find other women um, mm. who were sober. And at the time I was living in New York City and all of my friends um, were drinkers. So after about a year of not drinking, um, my husband had uh, suggested that I join Bumble BFF, which I make a lot of fun of now, but um, to go online and meet some sober friends. And I refused to do that. So then we started the Instagram account. And that's pretty much what I did anyway. I went online to meet friends. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. did that help you then to have that connection outside of your immediate circle, you know, with other sober people? Oh my gosh. Yes. So, um, I think I was on for a couple of months and then I put out, um, onto the Instagram account, like, is anyone in New York city or in the area interested in starting a book club? Mm -hmm. And I got a handful of women and we started in January of 2017, I want to say, um, or 2018. I forget. Uh, and it was a hit. Like I met these women and they became fast friends and I'm still in contact with a lot of them and they still actually run the book club in New York City now that I'm oh, in LA. That's yeah. nice. That's nice. So you stopped drinking about four years ago. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in September of 2015, I finally um, said enough, even though I had been wanting to to be a non-drinker. I didn't want to stop drinking. I just didn't want to be a drinker anymore, yeah. if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I quit in September of 2015, even though I had tried quite a few times um, wholeheartedly um, to do 60 days and 90 days, and I never really um, could even do that. I just, I would give in, give up, and just be like, you know, everybody else is doing it. So I continued drinking until I finally didn't. Mm. So what was different then between the, you know, the time that you finally stopped and the other attempts? Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the times when I was um, trying to stop drinking, 
it was because I felt like I was being a fraud. Um, I was living a very healthy lifestyle um, in one aspect, but then also drinking um, a lot at night. You know, I worked in the bars in New York City for um, quite a few years. Mm. And um, I became a yoga instructor. And that's really when this like double life started. Um, I would be teaching yoga in the mornings and then you know, working at um, the bar at night mm -hmm. um, for a while. And then I became a nurse um, once I got out of the bar business. Yeah. <laughs> and nursing is also known as uh, to be a big drinking crowd, um, oh, all the nurses. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And for, well, the fitness industry is as well. So there were a lot of yoga instructors doing the exact same thing I was doing, mm. smoking and drinking and dabbling in all kinds of sorts or all kinds of stuff, I should say. And then uh, nurses as well. I mean, I knew nurses who were going to a happy hour before they would start their uh, night shift. Wow. Yeah, unfortunately. The stress of the job, do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, nurses tend to be, you know, a little bit of a control freak, uh, type A personalities, big personalities, um, most nurses anyway. And, you know, and that just tends to be like the type of person who's a big drinker as well. Not mm -hmm. always, but the yeah. ones that I knew and were around. Yeah, yeah. So what was your drinking like then before you, you quit for good and what prompted this time to work whereas the other times hadn't yeah um so I started drinking when I was in high school and then when I moved to New York City I was working in the bar um I've told this story a lot you know I really learned how to drink when I was at that bar we were encouraged to and I made all my girlfriends there. And so if I wasn't in the bar drinking, I was out in New York City drinking. Mm. Um, and, and I just lived a big party lifestyle. I had no responsibilities. I was on my own in New York, um, paying my own way. I was going to college, uh, paying for that. So in my mind, everything was great. Um, but once you start, you know, you get out of that scene, um, you start growing up and getting some more responsibilities. And once I became a nurse, it really became something that I, I just couldn't do. Um, I wouldn't drink the night before my shift. I certainly was not one of the nurses drinking before my shift. Mm. Um, but I mean, there were days when I would get off of work at 7 a.m. And then that's our happy hour. You know, I would go out and, uh, with some of the other nurses and we would have a couple of drinks in the morning, which was just ridiculous. Mm. Um, but that's what happens when you work the night shift. Well, yeah, because everything's kind of upside down, isn't it? So yeah. it's your nighttime, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And when I was working the night shift, I should just mention, like, when I would drink then, not necessarily in the mornings after my work, but just in general, my life was already turned upside down. Um, I do not do well working the night shift. Um, I was in a pretty big funk. Um, and that's where it kind of escalated with my drinking. It was the first year of my marriage and it was the first year I became a nurse and I was working nights. So it took a toll yeah. um, on my body physically and my mental spirit. And then it took a toll on my marriage and it slowly chipped away. Um, so when I would stop drinking in the past, it was always around health. 
um, it was, I, I truly wanted to be um, that sober, healthy girl. I wanted that lifestyle. I didn't want drinking to be part of my life. Mm. Um, but eventually what came down to like, to be my last drinking, um, um, my last drinking experience, I should say, was it was final with my husband and I. We had finally decided that we were going to call it quits, and our marriage was pretty much broken. and And I had to take drastic measures. And yeah. the common denominator in um, our fighting, or the reason why I felt bad about myself, um, or just Everything that wasn't going right in my world at the time had a common denominator, and that was always alcohol. Yeah. Um, and so it, mm -hmm. and I wasn't, you know, I was willing to sacrifice my health sometimes and sacrifice my days and my workouts and all that stuff. I was not ready to sacrifice my marriage. And mm -hmm. that was just it. Um, and we could have gone in a totally different direction, we could have walked away from each other after um all of this but we didn't we we held tight and we slowly worked on it and it took time and it took a lot of uh rebuilding of trust yeah um and it wasn't easy and i i know a lot of people think oh you make it look so easy it wasn't easy but it i made the best of it and so did he and because of our relationship because we almost broke up or we did break. Um, it was the best thing that's ever happened to me by far. Um, and it's funny because sometimes he feels really bad about the situation, but I'm grateful. I, I don't regret a single thing. I don't regret us having to get to that point for me to wake the, wake mm. the F up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can relate to that because my home life wasn't good either because of the drinking. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I, similar story, you know, all the fights and the arguments and the unkind words were because we'd both been drinking. Um, so we gave up together as well. It was oh, wow. Similar, yeah. We both said, right, okay, this isn't working. We're gonna to have to do something about it. And we said, right, well, let's just stop drinking and see how it goes. So we did. Um, and and we've not looked back at all so I can totally get where you're coming from with that everything do you probably feel the same but everything's just like oh karma yeah. you know yeah <laughs> do you find that? yeah big sigh big sigh of relief it wasn't yeah. always like that but that's wonderful that he stopped drinking with you how long have you been sober um just over a year um, about 13 months, roughly. Awesome. More or less, yeah. Oh, that's great. Good for you and good for him. Yeah, it's the change, as you know, is just incredible. It really mm -hmm. is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to describe sometimes. People ask me, you know, what, what changed for you when you became sober? And it's, it, what didn't change? You know, everything's the same, but everything is different. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's incredible. It's the, this indescribable magic that happens. Yeah, it is. It is. <clears throat> and it's like you said, it's just like a sigh of relief. Everything just settles down and calm and 
it's how life should be, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, we were quite chaotic as a family when, when we were both drinking and the kids didn't like it. And, you know, I'd go from being crazy, cool, happy mom one minute and then the next I'm shouting at them for no reason. But now there's a, like, what's the word? Everything's consistent, you know? Mm. It's like mm-hmm. the good bits are genuinely good and the bad bits don't get blown out of all proportion. I don't yeah. find that as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, uh, my husband and I still argue for sure. He's still a royal pain in my ass. And I'm sure he would say the same. <laughs> but it, there's no drama in my head anymore. Um, I used to be a great drinker. I was fun and, you know, the life of the party until I wasn't, until I, for something, something switched. And whenever um, I would drink and not always, but you, you just couldn't plan it. You never knew when it was going to come out. Angry Maya would come out. And the one person I would direct it towards was towards my husband. And that wasn't fair. Um, it wasn't fair at all. Uh, I treated him like he was the enemy and he wasn't. And, you know, after a couple of years of like that slowly chipping away, like if enough was enough for him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, my drinking wasn't always about just um, health. That was, that was a lot of it, but a lot of it had to do, you know, with my marriage. And so I, I I always want to mention both of, both of that or both of those uh, reasons. And uh, so no one thinks that it was just one or the other, but it was, it was accumulative of everything mm-hmm. coming together. And it just, it, it finally just exploded in the best way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get through um, those early days then when you first quit? Was it difficult? Did you have cravings? How was it? Uh, no. <sighs> Wait, Yes, it was difficult. Mm-hmm. No, I did not have cravings. Yeah. Um, I didn't tell anyone either um, other than my husband because I didn't know for sure because I had been in that position so many times where I, uh, where I announced to my girlfriends or on my private IG account or Facebook, you know, I, I'm not drinking anymore, you know, no more party girl. Um, and then, you know, it lasted a couple of weeks, sometimes uh, two months. Mm. Um, but this time, this it was different. I knew it was different. Um, I, I didn't trust it completely. So that's why I didn't tell anyone. And plus I wanted to keep it to myself. It was uh, really important for me to get a handle on it, to get, um, to make sure that I was really going to be able to do this. Um, and I didn't say anything to anyone really until around a hundred days. Um, Yeah, I I wanted to keep it, it was special as well. And I wanted to keep it um, to myself before I shared. Um, And I mean, it it wasn't the hardest thing for me. I I just quit. I didn't go out like in a big way. I think the last, I no, I know the last day that I drank, I had two Corona lights. It was after one of my night shifts Mm -hmm. um, in the afternoon. 
Um, and that, and that was it. I, you know, I didn't have a big drunken night with a terrible hangover the next day. It just, it was just done. Um, I knew that I had to add things to my life. I couldn't just take it away. Um, so when you take alcohol out, you get all this time, whether it's physical time or mental time, it's time and you got to fill that space up. So I started working out more, um, doing things to take care of myself more. Um, I, th I think I probably spent a lot of money, <laughs> um, you know, just on um, self-care, you know, yeah. getting massages and buying clothes and, you know, just doing all the things that I wanted to do and going out for really nice meals. Mm. Um, I didn't avoid going out. I didn't avoid staying with my friends or hanging out with them. I just didn't really talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. But um, I had three non-negotiables when I first quit. And that was, I needed to sweat every day. Um, I needed to meditate and I needed to write. Oh. And I did. So those three got me through. That took me a long way. Uh-huh. And do you still do those three things every day? No, not every day. Okay. <laughs> um, but I usually do at least one of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say then your kind of number one tool is now for keeping you um, on the path, keeping you happy, keeping you focused? Yeah. Um, exercise. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. It has to be exercise. Um, Another big one that I'm, I've been playing with for the last couple of months is breath work. Ooh, that's incredible. Uh, what would you say? What's that? Obviously oh, it's breathing, but is it a special technique or? Yeah. So there's a bunch of different types of breath work. This one in particular, I work with David Elliott, who um, just, simply calls it breath work time and and fell in love with it um and so when i got to california i was at a woman's circle and it ended in breath work and i started uh going to her circles i fell in love and then i went straight to the source and started um practicing and studying under david elliott wow yeah mm -hmm. i didn't coin this um <laughs> but they do say it a lot. You'll hear it a lot when you're around other breath work healers. And it's, uh, it's said that one breath work session is like 10 years of therapy. And it feels like that too. It's incredible. Yeah. Is that powerful then? Yeah. Yeah. So what does it involve exactly? It's simply you lay on the ground. Um, you're on a flat surface and there's generally music there's someone who's guiding you, um, unless you're doing it at home alone, but breathwork circles, what you'll find is um, someone will guide you and play the music and um, two parts, two mm -hmm. inhales through the mouth and one exhale out through the mouth. Mm -hmm. And you do that consecutively. Uh, you start at a, a nice rhythm and you slowly move faster and faster. Mm -hmm. um, and the experience is quite different for everybody. Sometimes it's super mellow. Sometimes you'll hear 
people um, laughing and screaming and giggling. And then other times they're screaming and crying and shouting. And um, it, I, you never know what you're going to get. Every experience that I've ever had is completely different from the one before. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a release. It's an absolute release. It's um, what I like to call how to get high naturally. Yeah, I was uh, just going to say like a healthy high. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it lasts for a while. It's not something I'm doing every day. I feel like it's a little bit too powerful for me right now to do every day. Yeah. Um, it scares me still a little. Um, I, th I think that it will scare me um, always, I hope. Mm -hmm. because it is that that incredible and that powerful mm -hmm. yeah oh it sounds wonderful <laughs> I, well I hope so I hope I don't scare anybody <laughs> <laughs> um so obviously things have changed quite dramatically then since you know you had your last two couple of years what has been um the best thing about your life since you stopped drinking um and i'm asking this because this seems to be so much about you which is one of the reasons why i, I was attracted to your instagram account and your website because you're just so um sober positive you know it's obviously a really positive lifestyle choice for you um and you just seem so happy in your decision but i'm just wondering is there one thing that you know is being the best or is it a combination of many little wonderful things um there's a culmination of many wonderful things yeah so <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind obviously is i have a relationship with my husband that i only dreamed of having mm. um it's incredible now um we refer to this as our second marriage quite often oh. yeah um, my relationship with all of the women in my life, it's, it's better. I feel like I'm a more, I'm open. I'm more honest with people. I show people who I am. My walls are coming down. I was super guarded, very protective, very defensive all the time. Um, that was just my nature. That's still in me, but um, I'm a lot softer. I'm a lot softer of a human now. Yeah. Um, when I'm with my friends, I'm present for them, like really present. Um, and I feel really good about that when I spend time with them. Um, I mean, my health is better. Yeah. You know, for one, I feel good. I've, I talk about this a lot um, when asked because people do, they're, you know, it, it goes both ways. Some people are like, yeah, you know, you make sobriety look good and it, and it seems easy, but then other people are like, you know, this, you know, no, I don't believe this. <laughs> and I get that a lot. And I just, I, I can't not love this choice to make someone else feel comfortable. I'm, I, I've said it before. I work as a nurse in the field of oncology Mm -hmm. My days are super effing stressful. Yeah. Um, it's a rewarding job. I love it. And I love my patient population, but it's, it's hard work. It is hard work. So when I um, get home and I check in to Instagram or I feel like posting something, 
it's coming from a place of, I want to feel uplifted. I want to read uplifting things. And this part of my life, this part of sobriety and my choice and the resources that I was so lucky and so privileged to have and the fact that I didn't have to let this get completely out of control before I stopped, mm -hmm. I am forever grateful. And I will not, like, I will never stop being grateful and I will never stop saying that. Mm -hmm. um, this has been the most positive thing I have ever done in my life. And that, that's just the truth. Um, and I hope, I pray the reason why I, I talk about it and tell my story is that someone who was in my shoes or in my, you know, the shoes that I used to be in, yeah. um, hears me and understands that you can survive not drinking in this world yeah. and you can thrive in it. Um, so I, I'm, I've said it before, I will not dim my light, you know, to make someone else comfortable. Absolutely not. No, so. no, that's wonderful. Did yeah. you come up with any kind of resistance or any negativity when you kind of came <laughs> out, if you like? Yes. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Um, so it was always this weird thing because everyone who knew me was like, well, you didn't have a problem. You didn't drink that much. And then online, when you start telling your story and you start saying personal things, I can't control how anybody perceives me. They're going to perceive me any way they want. Mm. Um, nor can I make everybody happy, nor would I want to. That's, you know, it's not my, it's not my job. I just have to stay my course, um, do what's best for me, say what's true for me. Yeah. And for those of, those of, the people that are out there listening, um, you know, I'm not for everyone. And some people might disagree and, you know, I'm not their person. They'll find somebody else who's sober or someone else they um, are attracted to and, um, want, and, and want to hear, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting a little off track there's someone for everybody out there, you know, and it's not going to be me for everyone. Yeah. I know that. And so, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, you shouldn't let what other people think of you, what other people think of your decision to change you in, in any way uh, or to you justify yourself. Um, mm -hmm. That's something that I encountered. Um, people just maybe didn't get it and they would ask you to justify it. Um, people maybe like you, they didn't think that we actually drank that much, even though a lot of it was hidden behind closed doors. Um, so it was all, you know, kind of, well, why? And, you know, what's it all about? And um, maybe they were a bit wary. Maybe they saw them in, in me because, you know, they think, that I didn't drink that much, therefore they don't drink that much, but yet I've stopped and I feel amazing. And maybe, you know, that's a kind of a reflection. I think it makes people uncomfortable mm -hmm. at times. Um, but at the same time, you know, we have to be true to ourselves. And if we feel good being sober, then I think we shouldn't be afraid to express it for fear of upsetting people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
if I was going to listen to all the naysayers or um, fall into the trap of fear of people not understanding me or um, not liking me, I, I, would, I would get off of Instagram. I mm-hmm. would stop talking. I would stop uh, being so public about it. But I, I, I can't. I mean, of course, sometimes people say really shitty, shitty things to me online. And you just got to, you know, you, I don't know. You just got to delete and forgive as what someone just told me. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I don't delete it. I let it sit there. If they want to say something like that, they can say it. Um, and other times if, if it really, I mean, sometimes it's really below the belt. Um, I'll block them. I, I try not to block people. I, I don't know. I try not to play that game, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's good that you kind of, like you say, what is it? Forgive and delete and then just carry on. Do yeah. What you do better. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's hard not to, um, not to want to explain yourself to make that one person understand you. But yeah, you just can't do that. You, you can't, you gotta move on. Yeah. Because there's somebody else who's not going to understand something, you know, the next time you say something and you just, otherwise you'll be arguing, arguing um, <laughs> your point nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a waste of energy. And time. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing that I like to talk to you about. Yeah. Is your hair. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I see yours as well. Yeah. I don't think I realized that. Oh really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's been like this. I think I stopped dyeing it about maybe I don't know three, four years ago. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you follow um the Grombre account? I've seen them. Yes. Yeah. And it's lovely that there's so many women who are just saying, you know, oh. Sorry, why should I have to keep dyeing my hair now mm-hmm. and embracing the natural side yeah. of themselves? And that's what I like about the way you've kind of treated it and you call it your unmasking, don't you? Mm-hmm. So how was your journey then? Um, isn't it wild how sobriety and quitting um, hair color is really the same? Yes. Yes, the same emotions and the same vulnerabilities. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I was just kind of tired of sick of coloring my hair. Yeah. Uh, same here. And I, yeah, <laughs> like I was coloring it every 14 to 17, like 17 days was the max for me because my hair grows so fast and it's mm. such a waste of time. And the money that I spent was on, uh, it just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So when I moved out to California, I didn't know anyone and I decided, you know, this is perfect time. Um, I'll do it now. I won't have a lot of people giving me a ton of feedback and I'll, you know, I'll go from there. And then just like that, and, you know, I came out of the gate and it was, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. And I don't care what you think. (laughs) Um, So 
I don't know if I would go about doing it the same way that I did. I'm not sure how you did it. If you just like, um, just stopped coloring. Did you do it that way or did you bleach it? Um, yeah, I kind of, I started dyeing it like a bit lighter each time, but it turned mm -hmm. like a horrible orangey mm -hmm. ginger. Yep. I'm quite dark. <laughs> anyway, and I looked at my graduation photograph from 20 years ago and my hair was just like almost black, so dark. Yeah. Um, but it started to turn gray or white almost as it is now. But I don't know if it was hormones from pregnancy or what, but when I was pregnant with my first son, this kind of white stripe appeared. Mm -hmm. And then when I got pregnant again with my second son, more white stripes started to appear. It was like at the front and the back was just still really dark. It looked a bit odd. So I kind of started dyeing it a bit lighter. And then it just looked orange and horrible and not natural at all. So I thought, right, okay, I can't be dealing with, you know, the roots every two weeks. So I got highlights or lowlights, whatever they are, in. Um, and then I just let them gradually disappear and trimmed it a bit. Um, yeah. But I always had the white stripe. So it, it wasn't, I didn't have like dark, gray, and then dark. I had yeah. a white stripe which if you put your hair back, then it looks all more or less the same color. Um, yeah. So I just yeah, kind I, of stopped and phased it out. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I stopped coloring. The last color was in November uh, of 2017. Mm -hmm. And then I had it bleached by a gray hair transition specialist in December, wow. which I, I don't think I would do that again. No. Um, and I didn't know what was really happening. I thought it was just going <laughs> to, I was hoping that it was going to be like just in the pictures of all these like women with this beautiful, like silky silver hair. What? No, it wasn't like that. Those are filters. Um, <laughs> uh, she bleached my hair one by one, only did like the top and the sides of my head. So the back of my head was still really dark. Mm. uh dyed brown right and she put the gray gloss in it so then it was gray with dark and then it lasted three days and i was like i'm not dealing with this i'm not going to put it anything else in my hair so i put it in a bun and wore my hair like this for a, more than a year okay so. yeah <laughs> but now it's um now it's all mine i have um some yellow bits left over of the bleach but almost like all the brown dye that was in the back is gone but um now it's now it's me yeah and how does that feel then to be all natural it feels really good yeah. it feels really good yeah. yeah yeah i love it i love it i do have to say though i went um i went and had my hair done for the first time um i went to dry bar i think that's the name of it right. and they um straightened it and they used a hot um a hot iron and mm -hmm. the tops of my hair uh the front of my hair the pure white turned yellow oh really so, from the heat never do that <laughs> i will huh? never do it again yeah okay. i should have known better but yeah Oh, I didn't realize. I straighten my hair sometimes. 
Really? Yeah. Be careful. The, mm. It's the, um, the heated oil that's left over on the iron and some of the hair products in your hair that can make it turn mm. yellow. Mm. So, mm -hmm. okay. So. <laughs> Have you had any negative comments then about your hair? Um, not not online. I get it. Well, I get a lot of women like, oh, it looks great on you, but I'm not doing it. Yeah. I could never do it. I get a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. Um, I had one patient in particular and I, I posted about it and she was just so not into me. She thought it was the most ridiculous thing, um, what I was doing. And she literally said to me, what did you do to yourself? Oh. Uh, yeah. And she was a hairdresser. So <laughs> she said that she was going to come back with a box of dye so I could take care of it. Oh no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was funny. I handled it very well. I mean, there was nothing really I could say to her. No. Um, but yeah, I will, I will absolutely not um, color my hair ever again, no matter what anybody says, but I think it turned out pretty good. So I'm, yeah. I'm quite happy with it. It looks you know? great. Really does. Yeah. Look As does yours. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not dying my hair ever again. It's just never too much faff and time and effort. And, oh, mm -hmm. I haven't got time. Life's too short to spend it. That's well, right. Well, I didn't do it. My husband had to do it. <laughs> your husband colored your hair? I made him like do the roots and things. And oh my he's, God. Like, really um, I don't know what's the word, like the least kind of person who faffs about with products yeah. and things and it, the gloves were too small and he couldn't do it. <laughs> so it, it was probably because I felt a bit sorry for him as well. So I thought, oh, I'm not going to bother anymore. <laughs> so That's hysterical. That. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine my husband doing my hair for me. Never in a million years. It would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I once got my son to do the back because my husband said I'm not doing it anymore. So yeah. I tried to do the front. I couldn't do the back. So my son did it. And I think he was six at the time. Um, <laughs> and he's like, no, I can't do it either. So that's probably when I stopped. <laughs> that's funny. It's a whole family affair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does your husband like this? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does. Good. Thankfully, we've got no choice, yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. yeah, but it's funny because we live in a, a Spanish village and all the old Spanish ladies dye their hair black. I don't know if mm -hmm. it's because Spanish women are generally very dark and maybe they miss, you know, having their, their dark hair from when they were younger, but all the Spanish ladies have got jet black hair. Um, and I stand out anyway because I'm English, but I stand out even more because I've got white hair. Um, so it's a bit of a contradiction, you know. Yeah. But Isn't it fun though? Yeah. I think it's fun. I think it's so much fun. I get such a kick out of people giving me like weird looks. Mm. Uh, and I have a lot of women approach me if I'm like in the mall or on the street somewhere, a lot of women will come up to me and ask me where, where I got my hair done. Yes, I've had that. Is that natural? Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> a lady yes. telling me the other day that her daughter, obviously Spanish dog, spent about 300 euros to get her hair to look like mine. Yeah. 
and it's only going to last a few weeks because obviously the roots will come in. So mm -hmm. It's it's fashionable, I think, to have hair like yeah. ours. <laughs> it was a good time to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, okay, time's getting on. I don't want to keep you too long, but I would like to ask you, um, what's next then for my uh, Amber Silver Glow? Um, um, so I just got back from my retreat in Baja um, with the 12 ladies uh, that we or that I took down. Um, we did stand up paddleboard camping trip on the islands off of Laredo, Mexico. So it's right in the Sea of Cortez. Wow. It's the second trip that I've done. Um, I'm going to do it again in October. And I'm not, I'm not too sure about next year yet what we're going to do. Mm. Um, but I'm really, really loving that. It's, I feel so vulnerable and so open and, um, and it's, it's wild getting women together in the wild who have no idea who I am really, and definitely do not know who any of the other women are. And I'm asking them to come in and like, just share themselves. Mm. Um, and it, it's a great experience such a great experience the women i meet are unbelievable and it's so it's just so good because i mean i can be online till i'm blue in the face i'm never really gonna know somebody um when we get out there and we're out there together for a week with no walls and you know no interruptions it's just um you remove all of the masks as i say yeah. it's incredible getting to know these women like this Mm -hmm. um, and that said, um, I mean, I've had the Instagram account for over three years or almost three years, I should say. Mm -hmm. And I, on a daily basis, I'm answering questions and giving advice or people just are looking for encouragement. And I'm, I answer as many as I can, but it's, it's, um, become too much for me yeah. to handle. So my plan is, um, I'm starting a coaching program mm -hmm. and it's in the works right now. Some other people are helping me with it, uh, get it up and running. I'm not doing it on my own. I refuse to do stuff on my own anymore. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, it's going to take a couple more weeks. Yeah. And so this way I can at least when I talk to someone, um, I can follow their progress and get to know someone more. Cause for me, it's always been about connection. Mm -hmm. And when I talk to someone and, or give words of encouragement or something online, like, you know, half the time I don't ever hear from them again. I have no idea what, you know, where they're coming from and I don't know where they went. Um, yeah. So this is just a better way for me to continue on the path of connection and, um, and, and make it more fun for me too, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I know what you mean. Um, I like, this bit of the coaching that I do, the one-to-ones, where you get to actually physically chat to people face-to-face, -face, uh, it's one of my favorite bits because you can't really connect with them and, um, and it's just accountability for them. And to be honest, it really helps me as well. Mm -hmm. uh, do you find that helping other people helps you a lot also? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the Instagram account, Sober Glow, 100% keeps me accountable. 
Yeah. 100%. I can't, I mean, I can never imagine a day. Um, now I've never said I would never drink again mm. only because I don't put that kind of pressure on myself, but I cannot imagine ever having to come online and, and tell people, mm. Hey, look, I'm drinking again, or mm. I've decided to drink again. It, it, no. So yeah, it keeps me accountable. Yeah. I would never want to do that. I would never want to, um, it, it, it's just tricky. You know, I'm so open about how much I love not drinking. Mm. So I hope someone would keep me accountable. Um, if I ever decided, Oh, Hey, maybe I'll drink again. No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so yeah, it, it helps me yeah. every day. It helps me. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's lovely. That's so nice. What piece of advice would you give to somebody who's maybe worried about their drinking um and don't know what to do what would you say to that person who might be watching investigate mm -hmm. question it um yeah. reach out to somebody else who's sober if they don't know anybody i'm sure they can find someone online um like i said people reach out to me on a daily basis in that situation looking for advice so absolutely you know um, don't sweep it under the rug. No. We can do that for years. That's the, um, that's the problem with um, people thinking, I can't stop drinking if it's not that bad. Um, mm. That's the gray area. That's yeah. where I was. And that's where I'm focusing my work. If you're in that area, ask for help. If you know that you've already crossed into physical addiction, absolutely, you need to get help. Mm -hmm. um, talking to someone on Instagram might help, but no, like there's, you know, there are resources, many, many resources for people who need to have, um, to have more help than just, you know, words of encouragement. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as far as the gray area, goes um you know don't ignore the voice and if you're hearing the voice um you know when you're questioning your own drinking um it, it, i mean you gotta stay true to that and and follow through just try yeah yeah that's good advice i would agree with that completely um don't wait until something bad happens um mm -hmm. If it's making you unhappy, then it's time to do something about it. I think that's why. Absolutely, say. it's time. Yeah. Oh. Um. Well, thank you so much, Maya. Really enjoyed oh. our little chat. I could talk to you all day and all night, but um, I'm sure you've got better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I love the fact that you have gray hair yeah. and that you let me talk about the gray hair as well, because, you know, this is, um, this isn't just about sobriety, you know, no. this is unmasking things to become your true self, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. what other things do you think that you could do to, um, help with the unmasking or do you think that you've reached the point i for example i don't wear makeup i won't makeup for i don't know 15 years or something maybe oh, wow. i've worn it twice mm -hmm. 
again, it's because I can't be bothered. Maybe I'm a bit of a lazy person. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, myself, personally, I'm sure there's tons of things that I could um, do to unmask. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm not ready for, you know, I, I wear makeup. Um, I'll probably continue to wear makeup. Yeah, so you work uh, in a professional field. So <laughs> I don't. I just sit at home all day. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's. I mean, I do look like I'm a homeless person when I'm up in the morning walking my dogs at 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't have makeup on then. No. Um, you know, I don't know. You got to do what feels right. There's, you know, just because, you know, someone stopped drinking or someone stopped coloring their hair doesn't mean that you, that's what's right for you. Mm. Um, I know a girl who, um, she talks to me a lot about how she gave up um, Botox and facial fillers and, you know, that's an unmasking for her. Yeah. Um, um, I know women who are having their breasts removed, their fake ones, not the real ones. Mm. Um, you know, that's a unmasking. Anything that just, you know, you're getting back to the heart of who you are and you're not yeah. putting on this facade of who you think um, people want to see, mm. you know. Yeah. So yeah. that can be anything. Being true to yourself. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely way to end our little chat. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share and subscribe. For more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.